0: Hey this is Carla, and this is Jasmine and you're listening to Cracking, cracking the, the coconut, coconut where we tackle taboo conversations in the Filipino community by cracking one coconut at a
1: time. Hey everybody welcome to Cracking the Coconut episode 6 thank you so much for joining us today whether you are starting from the po- toilet wow pilot toilet? <laughs> whether you're starting from the toilet <laughs> you're listening to us in this toilet You know, you could listen to the podcast anywhere. If you want to listen to it while you're doing a number two, by all means, go for
0: it. I listen to podcasts on the toilet.
1: So do I anyways continuing on thank you so much for joining in and listening in on the conversation and joining in on the conversation as well i am your host carla J. yeah and i'm some random person carla picked up the street
0: mm-hmm. my name is jasmine we just met um, hi <laughs> hi great to meet you carla thanks for having me of course <laughs> uh so you know i just remember that that uh when we f- we released the podcast when mm-hmm. we launched. You know that was the day California opened up, and uh, it's been a couple weeks now, and
1: I, I still don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. What about you?: Uh, it's weird. It's very weird. It's a little scary. It's normal, but it's also not normal. Um, I've gotten used to things being so quiet and so chill as a person who has lived a very fast-paced life, mm-hmm. career-wise and just life in general, being a hoe, ratching it up <laughs> and we hoe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, The pandemic has really forced me to slow down and appreciate the quietness and the stillness of everything. I mean, it was scary at first because, you know, lost my job and shit. But Mm. um, that slow pace, that slow living is nice. And now that everything's starting to open up, concerts are coming back, people are starting to go back into the office. It feels really weird. Like I'm not ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: you know, I agree. It To me, it still feels premature. Mm -hmm. And I think... You know, we still like all of a sudden these vaccines hit. Yeah. Uh, everybody started opening up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I did share with you was, uh, you know, like I watch basketball a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of the season, they a lot of arenas didn't have any fans in it. Oh, yeah. But then now that the playoffs, you know, had been happening. Mm-hmm. um all these arenas are filled to the brim and i'm oh, wow. like okay how did that change just because the playoff started you know all of a sudden we can allow people to come in mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know how the summer's the winter's gonna be but it's crazy you know um i i think as creatures of habit mm-hmm. right um what's normal for me now is that being distanced from people um not being in large groups not even eating out at a restaurant you know i'm I'm not really into that right now. I don't feel like the need to go eat somewhere. But all I want to do is go to a show. Yeah. and But I'm scared. Like, I don't want to be around a lot of people. And we all know that shows, there's thousands and thousands of people. And there's probably only a handful of artists that I'd want to see, um, you know, at a show without hesitation. But who knows? Who knows?
1: Yeah. I definitely feel you on that. Like I said, just as things open up, it feels like it really does feel premature and I'm not 100% ready. Even though my heart is telling me go to brunch, get bottomless mimosas and then become bottomless (laughs) later. Like that's what I want to do. I want to go to Fiesta Cantina in WeHo and get a two for one frozen mango Mm. margarita with an extra shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, those nights. Those Those nights. nights. And then I just, I do want to have fun and see people. But So I'm going to share this because I... Already shared this with you, and I feel like I'm the only one who probably feels this, but I know I'm not. So I feel like if I share this, I feel like other people are gonna come out and be like, Yo, I feel that too. Okay. So, okay. Um, as much as I love the world opening up, well, not the world, like the US opening up, and things are starting to become normal, mm. I, I feel like not everyone deserves it. Okay. Because during the pandemic, I and you did, too. And a a lot of people tried their best, wore their mask, socially distanced, did not travel, didn't see anyone or mixed households unless they were socially distanced outside wearing a mask or two and Mm -hmm. doing the best they can to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because we're we grew up Filipino, um, but I feel like because I feel like a lot of. Um, communities, people of like color communities, they tend to grow up with a very, uh, very family-oriented, community-oriented. Mm. And yeah. so I think maybe that's why you and I and a couple of our um, other friends who fall into those categories, uh, they were very good at socially distinct and do- doing the best they can to make sure everyone is safe. And there had been times where I'm on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and I'll see people not adhering to anything and just making up weird excuses or giving the excuse of you only live once like let (laughs) just let me live i'm like dude like yes i want you to live your best life but you going out there and being reckless is an endangerment to me my older family members Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that and that's how i feel so now that things are opening up i feel like not everyone deserves it okay because And I sound like a bitch and I sound like the gatekeeper of outside, but I did my part and I did the project, but it feels like my classmates are taking credit for all my hard work.
0: I mean, I don't disagree with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people definitely were careless and didn't really acknowledge a lot of people or others for for that matter. Mm -hmm. It's been a constant adjustment to this new normal Mm -hmm. and, you know, face it the life as we knew it is not going to be the same you know life has really really changed and moving forward it's going to be so different um you know and on the topic of being outside it's a perfect segue to uh what we're cracking today yeah and so what we're cracking is brown skin ooh brown skin (laughs) And I love my brown skin. Me too. I love seeing others in their mm-hmm. beautiful brown skin. You know, there's many people who tan, right? Mm-hmm. And they wish that they could have, you know, this this luscious, beautiful, beautiful color mm-hmm. in their in their beings. But for some reason, in the Filipino community, mm-hmm. the dark you are, the less desirable you are, or um, the the less beautiful you are. Ugh. But I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I really really don't For some reason The darker you are In the Filipino community The more you're Outcasted and shamed mm-hmm. You know The less desirable you are The less beautiful you are Yeah And and that That never never Made any sense to me
1: It's bullshit Is what I'm thinking It sucks Bruh So Jazz And to all of our listeners How many times have you heard Don't go outside You're gonna get too dark <laughs> I heard it a
0: bunch of times growing mm. up.
1: You know, I grew up in the
0: Bay, and, you know, in the Bay Area, it's it's majority of the year, it's sweater weather. Mm-hmm. You, like, even when it's hot, you better have a sweater in the car because you never know when that Bay breeze is going to come, you know? Like, even if there's no sun, you need to bring a jacket to shield you. And it's not because I want to shield myself or I need it, but family wants me to shield it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my grandparents is being like, hey, bring your jacket. I'm like, okay, well, so it wasn't really to shield me from... Uh, you know like skin cancer or health Mm -hmm. reasons it was more so here shield yourself uh you know from getting any more darker than you are
1: i've definitely had that i've definitely had my mom and my grandma tell me to use a jacket and i'm like yo it's 90 degrees outside i am i'm going to melt let me tell you i sweat profusely there's uh when people say oh beyonce doesn't sweat she doesn't glisten no bitch i sweat (laughs) let me tell you the amount of water that is coming out of my (laughs) <laughs> my porous skin. Your porous? My porous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I've gotten that too where it's bring a jacket, bring an umbrella. Umbrellas I'm down for in the hot sun. Mm-hmm. It gets um, it gets hot. It gets hot. You, gets protect hot, you know, protect rays. yourself yeah. for sure.
0: It reminds me of a time when um I was a kid. I was mm-hmm. so you know, kids they love spending hours and hours in the pool. You know, I'm surprised my parents we're out there just as long as I was because mm-hmm. we stayed out there for long periods of time. So I remember one time I was at the pool at my uncle's house and, mm-hmm. you know, after we we're done, I get in the house and I think my mama makes a comment and she says, oh, you're so dark now. And I'm just like, y- yeah, I was out in the sun, you know. So I go up to the, the bathroom, I'm about to take a shower. And um, as I'm taking off my baby suit, I... Uh, I see my skin. I look in the mirror, and my mm-hmm. skin is hella dark. Yeah, like I have one of the strongest tan lines I've ever seen, uh-huh. and I could still remember it. I think I was probably twelve at the time, but I could still remember how it looks. Like I was really, really dark, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was because my mama was like, "Oh, you're so dark," you know, and it was embedded in my head, or because I didn't like the tan line. But uh-huh. for whatever reason. I was trying, when I was in the shower, I was trying to scrub the tan off Yeah, as if it was like bad, like, and, and I don't know if it was like shame for being hella dark, uh-huh. which is really crazy. Cause I love ta- like being tan and Brown, like mm-hmm. I said, but you know, like I was really trying to scrub that motherfucking tan off Yeah, and, and it didn't come off. And I, I don't know, like it was, uh, you know, a moment that really stuck in my head throughout these years. Cause mm-hmm. You know, that's an example right there of like the Filipinos kind of shaming yourself for Mm -hmm. being brown
1: yeah i have a similar story it's more funny than anything so this was several years ago i had come home from warp tour and i noticed that i was really uh really tan Mm -hmm. after being in a hot parking lot all day uh mosh pitting to um (laughs) sleeping with sirens mosh pitting in the parking lot mosh pitting yeah so if you haven't been to warp tour or don't know what it is warp tour is a well, it used to be a cross-country tour and all these pop-punk, punk rock, alt bands would be there and usually there'd be in, they'd be in the parking lot of these huge stadiums or arenas. So, it's a lot of fun, uh, uh, just lots of sweaty bodies, but I came home, Oof. I looked at myself in the mirror. Um it's a good time, I promise. Um I looked at myself the only in sweaty
0: mi- body I want is in the bed.
1: <laughs> Are you flirting? No. okay fine (laughs) um but i looked at myself in the mirror and i noticed how dark i was but then i was like oh but i was just outside i wonder if it's dirt and so i went i showered and a lot of it was dirt i was just a dirty ass gal um but i did get darker and funny it's probably so the sweat
0: from all the people
1: you're around probably so i my shoulder um was starting to peel a little bit and when i saw my shoulder peel uh-huh. i felt like I, I i felt relatable i was like oh my gosh my skin's <laughs> feeling from the sun i had that had never happened to me yeah. ever and um i don't really burn i just you know get more tan which yeah. is you know a good thing for me but i thought i thought it was really funny (laughs) like oh my gosh look look i'm peeling like the whites it's interesting how (laughs) peeling like the whites yeah (laughs) it's
0: interesting how you felt relatable to the white person because you're appealing you were peeling Uh but the white person wants to relate to you because you're tan and they want to be tan so it's like a weird, weird like opposite It is a really weird
1: thing, but I mean, on a more serious note, though, I did grow up watching my mom use uh, papaya soap. If you are not familiar with it, it is an orange bar of soap. It says papaya on the box and it's a skin lightening uh, product. They have it um, not just bars of soap, but they have other methods like a cleanser and things like that. And my mom is actually pretty light already. So I always find it kind of weird that she was continuing to lighten her already light skin. Mm. And um, there's this classist Filipino idea that darker skin is attributed to being poor because you're working out in the fields all day. And light skin equates to a high status and money because you're inside with the AC running. And um, I remember when my mom told that to me, I thought it was really some diluted old school way of thinking. But it seems like even today in 2021 there's a lot of people who um think that way even though they're not thinking outright oh you're poor cuz you're dark it's like in the back of their head and Ooh. i don't know if that's generational trauma post colonial mindset but yeah it seems like you know the browner the skin you know,
0: people assume more negative things about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if there's a correlation um, that Filipinos want you to get a certain job, not just for the money, but because you know you're indoors. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it seems like a blue-collar job yeah. um, is is equate equates to a poor man's job, mm. or that you're too dumb or too uneducated or or too less than to get a better a better job. Yeah, you know, um, and it's like the browner the skin. The more they assume negative things about you,
1: mm.
0: and and that's one thing about the Filipino community, like they're always so quick to assume things about you or mm-hmm. judge you, not knowing that you have your own individual story or situation, yeah. um, you know. Or say, for example, there's a there's a family member who's the darker one, so they shame them for being too dark or yeah. look at them like or make side comments. Maybe mm-hmm. be like, be like, oh,
1: you're so dark. And something as simple as, you're so dark, goes a long way. You yeah. Know? And it's said in a way where it's almost belittlement. It's not like, oh, wow, like you've gotten so tan. It's more like, oh my gosh, you're so <laughs> dark. Get out of here, you fucking peasant
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, and it, it's kind of funny too because say for example if somebody comes back from a trip mm-hmm. say like a co-worker come back from a, a vacation in like the caribbean or hawaii or something yeah. and they're like oh hey joe welcome back you know like yo you got tan i see that that island tan on you yeah you know? like it's exciting it's fresh but <laughs> when you go like you said to the filipino house be like oof." You're so brown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Now I get it. See, what I want to know is when did the Filipino people begin to adopt these Eurocentric standards of beauty? Was it the influence of the Spanish or the U.S.? Or did colorism begin in the Philippines between the Filipino people? There are mm. different walks and different shades and skin tones of Filipino people. Yeah. and um. Did it start because the lighter-skinned Filipinos looked at the darker-skinned Filipinos and thought differently of them? Did they belittle them because of that rich darkness?
0: So, in this process of our podcast, you know, I am trying to do my best to research and and Mm -hmm. know more about like the Philippines as like a nation, a culture, a people. You know, even pre-colonization, post-colonization. You know, and I wonder, like, so the Philippines actually has different areas. There's three main regions, Mm -hmm. right? There's Luzon to the north, um, the central is the Visayas, and the south is Mindanao. And I wonder if, like, how often did people in Mindanao get to go see areas of um, Luzon? Mm -hmm. Or, like, how much did Luzon go to the Visayas, you know, Um, back in the day? Like, did they know that in this country there was people who were Filipinos, but... Look different than them, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be the color of their skin or even like the 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 textures of their hair or you know their face their facial features. Yeah, you know, because like there there are areas in the Philippines where, um, you know the the features of the individuals look a little more Eurocentric, Mm -hmm. um, and then other places in the Philippines where like noses are a little more like flatter and wider.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But circling back to what you said, Jasmine, about uh, blue collar jobs and, you know, the darkness of the skin, you know, maybe that's why Filipino parents want their kids to be um, light skinned because maybe they believe that it will help them succeed, that uh, lighter skin will help them uh, widen their job prospects and they'll be able to have better careers, better opportunities because of the lightness of the, their skin. And you know what's crazy? I this kind of just like light bulb and this is this would be a whole different episode, but um I remember so Jasmine and I are part of this Filipino group on Facebook. And I remember one time I was chatting with these Filipinos and just trying to enlighten them about certain things. And a lot of um, the ones that I was chatting with, they didn't believe in uh, white privilege. Hmm. Um, But it's ironic that they don't believe in white privilege. Yet, if they truly believe that light skin will get you a better job, how does that (laughs) makes it's like they're contradicting themselves yeah. and this would be a whole different episode like i really like i wouldn't want to get into it right now because i a bitch will go forever and <laughs> ever and girl i got receipts let me tell you the ignorant shit i've heard, i've seen people type out it's fucking it's, bad. it's crazy it's ugh, yeah <laughs> There is a documentary that Refinery 29 did, and I remember watching it, and I had to re-watch it before this episode as I was doing research. And it's really sad how people in the Philippines get so desperate for skin lightening products that they purchase unsafe Soaps, um, you know, there's different kinds of skin lightening treatments. It's not just a soap or a cleanser. They have it in coffee form, in pill form. They have it in so many different ways. And if you don't have the financial means to purchase the top-notch products, you go to a small store that's selling these skin lightening creams, but they're made with really dangerous and illegal substances um wow. in this refinery 29 documentary and i'll link it in the blog post so um if you want to check it out i'll have all that information for you um they these um these skin lightening treatments have a uh, high doses of mercury in them oh wow yeah That's and also crazy yeah it's it's fucking nuts like how far people will go for these skin lightening products to fit this standard. And it's really sad. And so there's also this dermatologist in the Philippines named Dr. Bello. And she has this procedure called the Cinderella drip. And essentially what they're injecting is glutathione, Mm -hmm. um, which is a, it's a antioxidant from plants. Okay. And it's to help lightening your skin. And in the Cinderella drip, there's other, Things and they're like vitamin C. Clients will spend almost two hundred dollars for a session to keep maintaining it. And in this, they wow. show a clip of um, Doctor Bello injecting this um, light, light-skinned woman. So she's sitting there. And she's already so beautiful, but she's sitting there and like spending money to just keep up these sessions of lightening her skin. It's fucking insane. Psst
0: it's interesting how this name of the the product is called cinderella drip oh you know because cinderella's ass you know she a disney princess she's light she's a very light princess and you know the fact that that you know they're kind of like glorifying the name and making it sound like the cinderella drip you know like it's man that's that's a way to get them and you know um like the fact that you know like you're talking about this woman that that they featured in the documentary mm-hmm. like she's already light skinned like what more do you want? Like mm-hmm. like how how light do you want to look? Yeah. You know is it is it every time you step out the house and you're out in the sun for a couple hours and you got a little little brown you know are you like oh my god I got to book my session. <laughs> I got to get my Cinderella yeah. drip.
1: And you know what's not I notice about the Cinderella drip name not just because Cinderella is a a white princess Mm -hmm. but cinderella's story is literally rags to riches Mm -hmm. it's like they're attributing (laughs) the darkness of your skin to being rags and your lighter skin as being rich and luxurious right and i could be reaching but it's just it's so i don't think you're obvious i
0: really don't think you're reaching
1: they could have chosen
0: like i don't know mulan you know yeah because mulan was brown and then she put that makeup on she looked extra whiter yeah so they could have said the mulan drip but no Yeah, no the rag to riches story right sounds like a right? play on something <gasps> else yeah so i've never been i've never been tanning before okay. i don't need to go to a tanning booth tanning spray all that but i was curious to know how many times um, people who do tan need to actually go to uh, maintain their their tan mm-hmm. and it's actually you got to go two to three times a week wow like two to, two to three sessions a freaking week to get mm-hmm. this stuff you know as brown as you want and and it's interesting because you know in in america you're going to treatments to get darker mm-hmm. but then or in other parts of the world you know you want treatments to get darker but in a lot of asian countries People want to get lighter. So it's really interesting to see that, you know, there's just as much as there's people who, you know, want to get lighter, there's also a large amount of people who want to get darker. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how how beauty standards are very different in, in in other parts of the world. Yeah. And and how far people will go to, you know, reach that level of um, self-satisfaction and, and happiness. Yeah. See, for example, today, right? a lot of people look racially ambiguous oh yes <laughs> because you know i'd like to say that the kardashians fucking put that shit on Whew, yeah. you know they're 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 white girls who you know through the years have altered their bodies um you know to look a certain way mm-hmm. you know and it's not just their skin it's their their hair their faces their their features yeah and I mean, if y'all like the Kardashians, it is what it is. I'm to me personally, I'm not a fan of of their their quote unquote empire because I just feel like what they've given mm-hmm. is not it, it what they've provided to the world is a lot of insecurities. Oh yeah, in in, in women especially, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of people who end up trying to look like them. Yeah, and and. You know, it goes away from just just loving yourself. You know, it's more so like feeling you have to go above and beyond to to make yourself look a certain way and appeal a certain way Mm -hmm. to people.
1: The Kardashians don't even look like the Kardashians. They Mm. still Photoshop their photos they still even though they've sculpted their perfect bodies through surgery and working out and tanning and weaves and all that stuff they still photoshop the shit out of their instagram (laughs) photos so the kardashians don't even look like the kardashians that's crazy yeah and speaking of celebrities so olivia rodrigo who we already know i freaking love and i am manifesting the day that she will get to be part of this podcast and we get to interview her
0: hold uh, up olivia's calling my phone
1: what, it's bish? time it's time <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know who olivia rodrigo is because you're living under a rock or you just you know you just not into <laughs> her music she's a filipino american actress and singer and lately on top ta- on ta- blah, 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 wow and lately on tiktok she's been the main topic of you know what is white passing Mm. and um, a lot of people didn't know that olivia is actually part filipino and thought she was a fully just white woman and so Mm. it's crazy that the people who have ethnic background backgrounds don't look ethnic because celebrities like the kardashian are changing the definition of what it is to be an ethnic person Mm. so in the philippines and i'm not saying that this is Everyone in the Philippines who believes this, but uh, lighter skin is seen as a sign of status and that they use light skin as a form of capital for better opportunities, education, career, jobs, housing, Mm. a lot of things. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, this is true for everyone in the Philippines or Filipinos in general, Filipino-Americans, Filipino-Canadians or whatever, but I just think it's really interesting and uh, just it's a lot it's very contradictory you know it doesn't help that a lot of the filipino celebrities on t- tfc which is the filipino channel um, channel it's a television network a lot of these actresses and actors they are light skin. i mm-hmm. watch a lot of tagalog films and shows i have my favorites i have love teams um and some of the What's a love team oh girl don't even get me started <laughs> so a love team is essentially your otp your one true pairing the two actor actors yeah uh, it's a fangirl too talk. many
0: uh <laughs> what's the word when acronyms yeah too many damn acronyms um, here
1: <laughs> so it's when you really ship two Uh, like, actors. And the thing about the Philippines, the Filipino shows and uh, multimedia out there, their version of Hollywood, it's very interesting, but it's kind of cool at the same time. They tend to book a lot of the same actor-actresses as their counterpart. So, for example, Catherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla, they've been... They are a love team. They're actually one of my favorite love teams. (laughs) I love all their films and TV shows, but they are always in the same tv shows and movies because a lot of people love seeing them together they love their chemistry and Mm. on top of that they're actually together but so a lot of the top build actors are people like nadine lustre angel looks james reed um and curtis smith they are some of the biggest acts in the philippines and they're all light-skinned yeah and so when I grew up watching American television I never saw myself there was never representation of, of me I was always watching films and TV where the main characters were always white or you know brunette blonde hair blue eyed thin skinny and um, when I started watching Tagalog films I still didn't see myself yeah. because I was seeing light skin thin black black hair mm-hmm. on the screen and yeah. so yeah you know I don't understand
0: Tagalog mm-hmm. and growing up you know there would be times where my family would watch uh, you know Filipino news or Filipino movies and you know I had new, no clue what they're saying but mm-hmm. you know aside from not knowing what they were saying I didn't have any interest in watching any of these shows because I honestly didn't see people that looked like me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know I like you said they were all light-skinned and and to me it's, it's just like i i could tell even as a kid i could tell that they're putting on people um you know in these roles because they looked a certain way and i always thought like okay that's interesting like how come um you know these people don't look like anyone in my family or
1: Ooh, yeah um
0: you know why do they why do they all look like a certain um definitely light-skinned with something that stood out mm-hmm. but also they're very like their features were very, um, like I said before, Eurocentric. Yeah. They had the pointy nose, you know, they had the, the chiseled jawline and, and that appeal. And, and I thought that was just like really interesting. And I think even then I was like kind of turned off mm-hmm. by that, you know, by that lack of representation or too much representation of a certain type of, indivi- of individual.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Filipinoness is not a monolith. Yeah. There are yeah. so many different types of Filipinos. Mm-hmm. And so if someone wanted to watch a Filipino movie or TV show and they see a lot of these same actors and actresses, they might think this is the standard of Filipino. This is what Filipino looks like. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that there's so many shades and um, skin tones to us. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed while watching these shows and uh, movies is that there, if there are darker skinned actors in um these shows or movies they are inaccurately represented they either play poor disadvantaged people Mm. or they're the villain Mm-hmm. So there is a movie called Crazy Beautiful You starring Catherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla. I think it came out in like 2015, 2016. It's one of my favorite movies, to be honest. I love it. But so Catherine plays a bad girl named Jackie and she goes on a medical mission with her mom in Tarlac. Shout out Tarlac! <laughs> what? That's where I'm from, if you don't know. <laughs> um, but there she befriends the people that they're helping and they happen to be... Uh, dark-skinned Filipinos with really thick coarse hair and they're running around in raggedy clothes oh. they're not even like the main character they're just like they're the village people and I'm not saying that that does not exist in the Philippines because there are but the one time they decide to showcase a darker-skinned Filipino they're portrayed as village people oh. and Like I said, Catherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla are some of the biggest actors there. There are people, flocks and flocks of people who run and watch their movies and watch any TV show they are in. You put them in a movie, it is guaranteed they are going to make so much money off of that. So you already have millions of eyes watching this. And that's millions of eyes who might get an inaccurate representation of darker skinned Filipinos. Mm -hmm. And it might not have been done on purpose or whatever, but it's definitely something I've noticed. See,
0: I believe that these things are done on purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, you know, throughout the years of, of programming that that you that I've seen and I'm sure that you've seen, yeah. is we know who's on the forefront of, of these movies and these shows. You know, like, there's no surprise to why they just showcase the, the brown people as you know the inferior mm-hmm. and then the superior is the light-skinned people like doing um you know like the missionary work and helping mm-hmm. out these people in the village and yes you know um there's times where people who obviously if, if there's people who are in situations that that need assistance we help them yes. but it was just interesting that they portrayed them the lighter people to look in in a better light than the brownies you know <laughs> like brown- you know, and yeah. it's crystal clear how in film, in programming, that the lighter skinned Filipinos are seen to be mm-hmm. the top dog.
1: Yeah. And you know what's also crazy about a lot of the top build Filipino actors is a lot of them aren't full Filipino. They're actually half. Some mm. of them are half German, half mm-hmm. American, half Australian, half British. Yeah. You know, Yasi Pressman, another amazing actress. I love her. She has, you know, she's fucking stunning and so talented she's half british
0: yeah mm-hmm. you know you know i i have heard of that that like a lot of the big stars are half white half filipino mm-hmm. so um this is just a side story right yeah. so i have this friend he grew up in the bay and he told me that in high school he had um a classmate that he went to school with mm-hmm. who is now a big time filipino actor in the philippines oh wow and i asked him i was like so when you went to school with This person, I don't know their name, but when you went to school with this guy, like, was he like fob sounding? Like, was he like that? And he was like, no, he was just like you and me, like Filipino American with no accent. Mm -hmm. I was like, so you're telling me that when he became a star in the Philippines, he started to have like this created accent and that's how he would talk. Yeah. And I was like, and I was just thinking like, dang, like he had to change up his whole like persona to
1: be successful in the philippines and be accepted as a entertainer in the Mm -hmm. philippines you know okay so i have another side story that goes hand in hand with that so if you don't know or if you haven't listened to other um episodes i've briefly discussed this but i've wanted to become a disney channel actress growing up i wanted to be on disney with hillary duff and um, Raven Simone, and that was my dream growing up. And my parents never supported me in this, until one day they said, if you really wanna become an actress, we can take you to the Philippines, and you could be an actress there because you'll be a star. And I'm just like, I I don't even speak Tagalog. I I barely understand it. I grew up in an Ilocano household. Um, And my dad said, no, you'll be a star because you're American. They like Americans Hmm. out there. And I just thought that was just the weirdest thing to say. And I just it still makes me feel off. And now that I'm older and I'm learning and, you know, I'm I'm educating myself. It's just a very weird. It's really sus, you know, because there are not I'm not saying that, you know, if you're half filipino you can't go out to the philippines and make a successful career but it's just um interesting how a lot of the top actors Mm -hmm. aren't are half filipino what like what i'm thinking is
0: you're brown Mm -hmm. i don't know like your dad might say, oh, if you go to the Philippines, you're going to be, a, you could be a success, mm-hmm. a successful actress, but because you're brown, I don't know if you could, could be a successful actress. They might look at you and be like, no, you could be a village people in the back. <laughs> Let me get you some rags and you're <laughs> going to be village person. Number one, <laughs> you know, I was pretty, pretty dark as a kid. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And it's like, maybe too, like your dad doesn't. When he made that comment, your dad might not have thought like, "Hmm, all these these lead actresses are light skinned; they're just American or 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 half Filipino." I think you you'll be a star because you are American and not realizing you're brown and and might have a disadvantage of becoming mm-hmm. an actual star
1: yeah it's crazy but speaking of filipino stars and films and all that so there is a filipino movie called gluta and by the time this episode is released it should already be out i don't believe it's going to be released in theaters in the philippines but on a streaming platform and again um i i'll get that link and put it in the blog post so if you want to check it out uh You know, I'll have that information. Uh, But it's a movie about a girl named Angel. And she wants to enter a beauty pageant. It's her dream. And what makes this film really unique and almost progressive is that it's about um, an Ita girl. If you don't know what Ita means, Ida is indigenous Filipino people that comes from different areas of Luzon. They tend to have more darker skin and curly textured Mm. hair. Um, Again, like we said, filipino is not a monolith. There are plenty of shades to go around. This is a, a type of Filipino you don't really see represented. And the film is supposed to be about breaking beauty standards. We watched the trailer and there's a part where audiences see um, Angel getting approached by a person selling skin lightening products. Um, and Angel is so adamant and so confident in her skin that um, despite all the ridicule she gets, that she wants to enter this beauty pageant and you know break all this beauty standards and you know fulfill her dream i think on paper and how i'm describing it i'm pretty sure a lot of you are gonna think wow what a very awesome progressive mm. film it is problematic though and the problem is is that they do blatant brown face and it is so obvious and honestly it's kind of fucked up
0: yeah it's ugh, man So if you look up Gluta, right, Mm -hmm. Google
1: G-L-U-T-A.
0: Yes. And one of the first things you're going to see is the lead character, Mm -hmm. Angel. Angel has this horrible, horrible (gasps) painted brown tan. Okay? Mm -hmm. It is so bad. It looks like they left her in the tanning booth and sprayed her down with cheap orange brown spray. And her hair is horrible. It looks like they put cotton balls glued it all together colored
1: colored it black and placed it on her head it looks like a really bad synthetic costume wig that you buy at party city (laughs) and the tan the fake tan they gave this girl it's so it's not even like they left her in a tanning booth they straight up dumped barbecue sauce on her and painted it. (laughs) And brushed her brushed it, marinade. Yeah, they marinated her in this barbecue, in fucking Mang Tamas sauce and brushed her with my dog's tail. That's how, it's so bad. And the thing is, the actor who plays Angel is Ella Cruz and she fits the normal beauty standard in the Philippines. She's fair-skinned, she's thin, long, straight hair. She's a very beautiful girl. But instead of acting, casting someone of Aita descent or a Filipino who has darker skin naturally where they don't have to marinate her. They cast Ella, slapped some dark ass brown makeup on her and added that terrible excuse of a wig on her head. And they're like, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to win the Filipino Oscar. Okay, real quick. Yes. You said you just used
0: beautiful, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: maybe this is what they really think about the Ida people. They don't see them as beautiful individuals and a beautiful group of people Mm -hmm. that's why they freaking didn't put the effort to have them look presentable Mm. as a people like this movie is going to be seen by the world essentially right yeah but you didn't want that ida people to look great yeah you you instead are putting on this embarrassment of a look yeah and, and man, that is, that is so disrespectful. Like, the team working on this, just... Mm.
1: Yeah, it's... Again, I don't know who greenlit this. And the girl, Ella Cruz, she's gonna turn 25 this year. So she's a fully grown adult. It's not like she's 15, this is her first chance at stardom, and she's not used to the ways of uh, Filipino Hollywood, I guess you could say, or the industry, the film mm-hmm. industry. And uh, maybe... You know, it's not like she's thinking, oh, this is my only chance if I don't do this film, if I don't agree to this. Maybe, you know, where she's young she's and impressionable. She's a fully grown adult down to do brown face. And I also maybe she didn't know, like maybe she got the job. But actually, no, I'm going to take that back because I feel like they had to have... Um, I've never had an audition before in film. I've not me personally, but you know, you go through script reads, you do a screen test. She had to have known what this film is about and have to have known. Oh, it's about an Aita girl named Angel who's trying to break beauty standards. Mm-hmm. And for you, a light skinned Filipino to take that opportunity away from a Filipino who is actually dark skinned naturally mm-hmm. or an actual Aita um descent yeah of, like actor like uh it's so uh. yeah like there should be some
0: responsibility on your end as an actress mm-hmm. to portray your character in the right way yeah or not even take the role i mean like yeah she could she could have done something where she studied the Ida people and mm-hmm. their you know their their habits or just the way they live um, but at the same time, if you're out here playing costume and, you know, Halloween with your role, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not going to do anything justice. And yeah. And, you know, like it, it, oof, I can't
1: even talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like as if here in the U. if in the US they decided to make a film about Barack Obama and they decided to have Channing Tatum play Barack and put him in blackface and stuck a wig on him. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's disrespectful. And I know there is already a um, somewhat of a cultural divide between Filipino Americans and Filipinos back home in the motherland where, you know, Filipino Americans, anytime we see any type of cultural appropriation, prejudice, racism, we see it often. So we're able to recognize it. Maybe in the Philippines and in the film industry back there, they're not thinking in that progressive way yet. So maybe in their heads, they think it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I would want to speak with somebody who works in the film industry in the Philippines, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, obviously blackface in America and Hollywood, and, and obviously blackface in Hollywood is mm-hmm. definitely a no no. Yes. Um, and it has been a no no for a really long time.
1: Mm mm-hmm.
0: hmm. He- arguably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like, like, I really want to know in the Philippines, like, like, is blackface brown face seen as as bad or is it seen as like accepted or is it hush hush? You know, we we all know, like in a lot of Asian um, cultures, causing a stir,
1: mm-hmm. being
0: opinionated is something that's not always seen as it's, it's seen as taboo yeah so people don't step up aren't vocal so even say even if this ella cruz chick was like i don't think this is right you know is she really gonna step up and say say that yeah you know to to the people running the show Mm -hmm. or is she or is she gonna say now i want that check or i can't tarnish okay (laughs) i just thought about something yes you know these stars they really want to uphold a certain image about themselves Mm -hmm. but to me if i took on a role like this and i was playing an ida person and i put brown extra brown face on me Mm -hmm. that i would feel like that would eventually tarnish my persona tarnish how it looked you know to the public
1: yeah but for some reason it doesn't seem like that was in her head yeah i don't know or maybe maybe I, I've never seen Ella Cruz in any of her production before. I've never seen a movie she's in or anything like that. So I don't know how big of an actress that she is, but maybe her being a light-skinned Filipino actress, she's gotten away with a lot of things. And so maybe this is something, maybe she thought, oh, it's fine. Like, I'm Ella Cruz. I can I can do it. <laughs> okay, product placement. <laughs> Um, but you know what's worse? So the director, Daryl Yap, endorses this film as if nothing is wrong. So media platforms and a lot of people on social media are trying to hold him accountable. And, you know, telling him this is wrong. This is brown face, black face. How, what the fuck is wrong with you? And this is what he tweeted. Political correctness is BS. If people will say that I'm problematic for making Ella as a black person, then that's their opinion. I won't consider that as a fact. What a bunch of fucking shit. There's a lot to unpack here. There's already a lot of colorism and anti-blackness within the Filipino community. Again, a whole different episode because your girl can dive right in. And so for him to just know that... You know, he doesn't think he's doing anything mm-hmm. wrong. He is clearly holding some kind of microaggression there. And maybe that's why he doesn't want to actually hire a dark-skinned Filipino actress or because he doesn't want to work with a dark-skinned... Yeah, he doesn't
0: want to give no, no dark-skinned actress shine yeah. and acknowledgement. Like, when, when people already start a comment with... Oh, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That already shows that you're very defensive. Yes, and you're not trying to listen to people and and you know their thoughts or their opinions mm-hmm. on on something that you're doing. Yeah, you know it's it's obviously you know people get emotional, but you're you're a director for a film. Yes, like a big film that that's a very like deep topic mm-hmm. already. You know, and I think for him to kind of like turn, turn his cheek and act like he's not doing anything wrong, it's very ignorant. So when I looked up comments about this director as well, I read that he had consultants that helped Ugh. lead him to his decision of of, you know, using the brown face and his casting choices. Ugh. But it's like, OK, you consulting with people mm-hmm. doesn't mean it validates your opinion. Your consultants are probably just as ignorant and Ugh. stupid as your ass. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's 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 such a joke. Like there's there's a responsibility as a director. Mm-hmm. There's a responsibility as a creator yes. to accurately portray individuals, to yes. accurately portray stories. When you when you walk into this and use brownface which in the history of filmmaking has always been a deep issue. Mm-hmm. You know, using blackface.
1: Yellowface too. Yellowface.
0: You know, there there's a problem there that you're choosing to ignore. Or you're just not a an educated filmmaker.
1: Yeah. Just the ignorance that came out of that tweet was very... It was very entitled. It was very... It was disgusting. Made me want to suck him in the face. Yeah. I was like like forget like Ella wanting to take on this role and agreeing to brownface. Like, dude, this is the director yeah. and your consultants like you said are just as ignorant. And the thing is this isn't the first time this director is has been under fire. So he had another film about uh, mental health. And the movie um, poster is what he got in trouble for. So the characters of the film are their faces are on this poster and they're sticking out their tongues and contorting their faces, essentially making like really silly faces. And um, Filipino actress Liza Soberano, I love her. She is so pretty and so talented. I love all of her films. And anyways, so she actually criticized the poster, um, saying that mental health is not a joke and mental health is already a taboo topic within the Filipino community mm. but if they're willing to tackle mental health and tackle the ups and downs and the realities and the harsh truths of mental health it would have been a really progressive film for Filipinos to watch and get the conversation about depression about anorexia yeah. about you know mental health going um and for this director to have his character faces contort themselves into silly faces and make light of the subject is like Liza said it's it's you know it's not a joke it's not okay yeah like
0: I I could understand if like these movie posters um were were done creatively just for you know clickbait Mm -hmm. or to you know grab attention but to ridicule mental health and to treat it Mm -hmm. as like Um, something crazy as someone who struggled with mental health Mm -hmm. you know i find that really really offensive yes and and like this can go to another topic but you know i want to note that you know in my experience trying to talk to my own family about mental health Mm -hmm. struggles and and you know anxiety and all that it's it's very much taboo and and not like not taken seriously or not Mm -hmm. comforted in the ways that someone who has mental health issues needs that type of Mm -hmm. support. And like, you know, yes, having a film about it could be, um, progressive and impactful, but at the same time, I don't think that a mental health film is the right move to be the first part of the conversation. Mm, Mental health should be spoken about in a, in a space that's going to support it Mm -hmm. and be, um, you know where you feel safe yeah and having these people ridicule faces or uh, mental health is not safe at all if anything I feel like it closes the door for conversation Mm -hmm. but you know back to our topic you know like this guy it seems like he just doesn't care about how he portrays Mm -hmm. anybody yeah or certain individuals that really need that that safe um,
1: care and and support yeah like the thing is, Gluta could have been a wonderful film. It could have been a really touching story with amazing representative re- representation. I would have been all over it. I would have watched it. As I said before, I grew up watching American mainstream media. Even though I was a military child and kind of moved around a lot, I still watched American TV and film and I never saw myself. And then when I started watching Tagalog films... I still didn't see myself. I'm a brown girl. I come from an Ilocano household. I barely speak a lick of Tagalog, barely understand it. I watch with Mm -hmm. subtitles. I also have thick hair and I'm also curvy. I'm not thin. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, Gluta could have been a great representative representation of myself and i feel like myself and probably other people who feel this way it feels like they got cheated on it got snatched away like this could have been great very progressive but you know an ignorant director decided like nope i don't want to work with an actual dark skin actor i would rather work with this pretty light skin actress and just slap some dark brown makeup on her is this director light-skinned yes
0: Well, there you have it. There you have it.
1: You know, like as an Uh, adult who has done severe unpacking and will continue to unpack through therapy, I can proudly say now that I fucking love my heritage. I love being Filipino and I love being the skin I'm in. And I only hope that others can feel the same way because Brown is fucking beautiful. yes, Um, Yes. Yeah, but the director and production team really missed a great opportunity to change the game of how Filipinos are represented and represent. Wow, I cannot talk today. Um, The director and production team really missed a great opportunity to change the game of how Filipinos are represented, represented, especially because nowadays there's a lot of people who are down to watch foreign films or films that's um, you know a lot of people love watching uh, Korean movies Mm -hmm. Japanese movies we watched a a Japanese film during um, quarantine or that Japanese TV show so I'm pretty sure there are people out there watching Tagalog films and Tagalog TV shows and probably really love them and this would have been a great way to show non-Filipinos you know other Mm -hmm. parts of Filipino people. Yeah.
0: Like, it's not only a responsibility to portray Filipinos um, in a more realistic light to other Filipinos, Mm -hmm. but also to the world. You know, like, I think that's something that people need to, like, really be mindful of, like, of what you're creating because you're you might be the first person or the first example somebody else sees of a Filipino anything, even in our platform, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's, it's definitely a responsibility of what you're putting out there and you can't be careless or ignorant. Like this director guy is completely ignorant. And yes, I said it, sir. Ignorant. (laughs) You know? And the stigma of darker skin being unworthy or undesirable needs to change, you know, because so future generations don't feel trapped by these Eurocentric, you know, ideals of beauty yeah and you know i would like for people in the philippines you know to really embrace their their skin their natural beautiful brown skin you know you don't need these whitening creams you don't Mm -hmm. need these procedures to make yourself look different and look lighter and acceptable because you're exactly acceptable the way you are Mm -hmm. and man i it makes me really really sad yeah to know that people don't love themselves because of how really beautiful they are
1: Yeah. And I mean, I get it going through cosmetic procedures, you know, like here in the U.S., people get tans, you know, so they're not as pasty. I get it. So it's kind of like I get why you if you don't like something, you want to change it. But it's almost this really sad obsession for it. Mm -hmm. That is what's. it's like just. I don't know, like I would love to talk to someone who is obsessed with having lighter skin and like why is that and what's the psychology behind that because there's so much to unpack, Mm -hmm. so much to unpack that, you know, we don't understand because we don't do that. And on that note...
0: love Love your your brown brown skin skin. yeah
1: (laughs) so if you like this episode and you want to continue on in the conversation if there was something in this episode that you agree with and you want to add another point to or if there's something in this episode that you heard and you thought you know what you're wrong uh call us out call us out you know let us know we're here to learn so that way we could be better and do better Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so if you would like um, to hit us up, uh, do so through social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Cracking the Coconut as well as TikTok and Twitter at Cracking the Coco.
0: Yes, and we also have our website, crackingthecoconut.com. Mm-hmm. We got blog posts on there, all of our episodes. Also, information about us if you want to get to know us a little better about these two people who are right in your face and also in your ear.
1: Yeah, these two people who love their brown skin. Yes, these two brown skin loving people (laughs) yeah um have an amazing wonderful week day evening whatever it may be make good choices and don't do brown face (laughs) Peace. peace